let's give that hand clap to the Lord tonight. He is worthy. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We magnify you. We glorify you. We exalt you, God. You are so worthy. You are so wonderful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to ever take it for granted that the God of the universe is here. The same spirit that moved on the face of the waters is moving in this house tonight. Same voice that said, let there be light and there was light is speaking tonight. Same hands that reached down in the dust of the earth and created man. Those same hands are reaching down and touching our hearts and our lives tonight. So let's don't ever take it for granted that the God of creation is in this place. And when he shows up, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So no matter what you brought into this place, he's able to move in your life. And I'm thankful for that. It's so good to be home. One of my favorite places on planet earth and uh, some of my favorite people on planet earth. I love and appreciate uh, so many of you that have been so kind to me through the years, uh, not just friends, but family. And uh, I could never uh, mention everybody. I'll, I wouldn't forget somebody, I'm sure. But uh, you know who you are. I love you and I appreciate you. And I give honor to Bishop and Sister Wilson in their absence tonight. Uh, what great man and woman of God they are. And to my dear friends, Pastor and Sister Voskis, and my two daughter-in-laws. She's shaking her head no. She knew what I was going to say. Uh, Ellie and Kate and uh, to the great leadership staff that you have here, Brother Austin Hughes, so proud of him and what God is doing in his life. Now, if you are a first-time guest, please do not judge this church by me. You need to come back and hear one of these great men of God preach. Uh, they are some of the greatest preachers you will ever hear in your life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis, the second chapter. My voice has been struggling for a few weeks now, so just try to endure it tonight if you can. Genesis, the second chapter, we'll read verses 21 and 22. Genesis 2, 21 and 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. You better be careful when you take a nap, man. So God caused Adam to sleep. He took his rib and from that rib, he created a woman. He created Eve. I want to preach to you tonight for just a few minutes on this thought the power of potential. The power of potential. If you'll set your Bibles down and lift your hands and hearts to heaven and let's talk to God in this place. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your power. We thank you, God, for your presence. And God, we're thankful for the potential that is in this house tonight. God, I'm asking you to anoint me, God, to preach your word the way you want it preached. Strengthen my voice right now, God, and to preach your word, God. Anoint your people to hear your word. Let their hearts and their minds and their ears be fertile ground for the seed of your word to fall on tonight. 
God, let somebody tap in to that potential tonight, God, so that they can become who you want them to become in your kingdom. And we give you praise for what you're going to do in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to him one more time. And the Bible says to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you can be seated this evening. In Adam, God saw Eve before he ever created Eve. The potential was there. Her DNA was there the entire time, encased in his rib, potential unreleased. Not only was Eve in his DNA, but think about it tonight. In Adam was the theoretical brilliance of Albert Einstein, Isaac Newton, and Galileo. In Adam was the philosophical thinking of Aristotle, Socrates, and Plato. In Adam was the leadership abilities of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and Hannibal. In Adam was the literary genius of William Shakespeare, Charles Dickens, and Homer. In Adam was the inventive creativity of Thomas Edison and Alexander Graham Bell. In Adam was the masterpiece artistic abilities of Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo. In Adam was the musical genius of Mozart, Beethoven, and Bach. In Adam was the groundbreaking invention of, inventions of Henry, Henry Ford and the Wright brothers. In Adam was the medical brilliance of Hippocrates and Louis Pasteur. In Adam was the entrepreneurship dominance of Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. In Adam was the political proudness of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And Adam was the adventurous exploration of Christopher Columbus and Marco Polo. And Adam was the athletic ability of Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, and Babe Ruth. All of the potential that had not been tapped into yet was all inside of Adam. Not only was there potential inside of Adam in the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, but in Genesis 1 and verse 11, God says, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind. Notice this, whose seed was in itself. In other words, whose potential was inside of it. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed, whose potential was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Every tree that we see, every plant that we water, every vegetable or fruit that we eat, every blade of grass that we mow, every flower that we smell, it all started as a seed, as potential in God's original creation. But God wasn't through. He then speaks to the waters and the sky and the earth and he commands them 
to bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and every winged fowl that flies above the earth along with every living creature that moves and creeping things after their kind. Once again, potential inside of them. From the horse fly to the horse, from the worm to the well, from the mouse to the moose, from the snail to the serpent, from the grasshopper to the goat, from the lamb to the lion, from the duck to the donkey, from the bass to the bear, from the eel to the eagle, all of these magnificent creations started out as a seed in God's original creation. As a matter of fact, do you even realize the potential that is inside of each of one of us tonight? Not just spiritual potential, but think about this. If a single human, a single human's DNA could be stretched end to end, it would reach the moon 6,000 times. That's the potential that is inside of us tonight. I don't think we even realize the greatness that is inside of us tonight. I don't think we understand the potential that is within each and every one of us tonight. Romans 4 and 17 says, Even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. See, we got to understand something about God. God doesn't see like we do. He has an eternal perspective. One of the greatest revelations I've ever received in my life is that God dwells in eternity. And because he does, he doesn't just see the here and now, but he has the ability to see the then and there. Think about it for a moment. Right now, God is in eternity. So he is reaching down and creating Adam. He is in this church service and he's rapturing the church all at the same time because he dwells in eternity. It's all one thing to him. And that's why he's able to call things that are not as if they were. That's why he can look at us in our brokenness, in our disease, in our affliction, in our problems, and in our pain. And he can say, there's greatness in them. You might not see it right now, Pastor may not even see it right now. Family and friends may not realize it, but there's potential in them because I see what they're going to become in me. See, in Abraham and Sarah, God saw the father of many nations in an old man in a barren womb. In Gideon, God saw a mighty man of valor in an insecure, fearful man hiding from the enemy. In Saul the persecutor, God saw the, Paul the preacher, a chosen vessel and a New Testament author and apostle. In Joseph, God saw a position in the pit and a palace in the prison. In Moses, God saw a deliverer and a murderer hiding out on the backside of a desert. In the prodigal son, God saw a robe and a ring in the pig pen. In Mary, God saw the Messiah in the wound of a virgin.
In Peter, God saw a day of Pentecost preacher and an apostle and a Jesus-denying, cussing fisherman. So I want to tell somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost, I don't care what you are right now. I don't care what you're going through right now. God's not looking at who you are right now. He's looking at the potential and who you're going to become in him. I've told this story before, but some of you are new, so I'll tell it again. <clears throat> when I was a kid, I almost said little kid, but I don't want to lie to you. Sorry, big mama. <laughs> but my older brother, Brian, he would put model cars together, and he would do a beautiful job. When he was done, that model car was perfection. Every piece fit perfectly. Every paint stroke was beautiful. And when he was done, the model car looked better than the box, the picture on the box. So I thought, well, if big brother can do it, I can do it. I saved my allowance. I went to Walmart. I bought a model car. I couldn't wait to get home. I got home, opened the box, pulled the instructions out. One side wasn't even in English. So I did what most men do. I threw them to the side. And before long, I had paint on the furniture. I glued a couple of my fingers together with super glue. And patience wasn't a virtue that I possessed. I put it all back in the box and put it on the shelf and we sold it in the next yard sale. Later in life, I thought about that event and I thought to myself, the reason my brother could put that model car together so beautifully is because when he opened the box, he didn't just see instructions. He didn't just see a bunch of pieces. In his mind, he saw the finished product. And I believe tonight that when God looks at us, he doesn't just see a bunch of broken pieces. He doesn't just see addictions. He doesn't just see pain and problems and hangups and hurts. But he sees what we're going to become in him. He sees and knows the power of potential that is within every single one of us tonight. In first Samuel. First Samuel 22, David's having a bad day. He's running from King Saul and he escapes to a cave called Adullam and misery loves company because his family hears that he's there and all of his father's house come down to join him. But that's not all who joined him. The Bible says those that were in distress those that were in debt, those that were discontented, gathered with David in the cave and they made him a captain over them. And there was about 400 men. Now I'm sure Pastor Voskis would love a 400 soul revival. You'd have to get your stuff out of the new building real quick because we'd have to get some, some new building going. Amen, by August 30th. Just a little plug there. But this wasn't a revival of what you want. 
Because these men were in distress. In other words, they were going to cause church problems. They were in debt. They couldn't pay their tithes and offerings. They were discontented. They were going to hop around. They were going to go church to church until they found somewhere that they liked. But these 400 men with problems joined themselves with a man who was hiding out in a cave. But do you realize that that is exactly what God is looking for tonight? That is the material that God uses. That is the material of the master. Because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty or, or not many noble are called, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. If you're in distress, if you're discontented, if you're in debt, if you're broken, if you're hurting, I've got good news for you. You are exactly what God is looking for. He sees something in you. He sees the power of potential that is inside of you and you are in the right place. No doctor can fix you. No medicine can fix you. No drug and no alcohol can fix you. But one moment in this altar with the king of kings, the one who can unlock and unleash the power of potential in you, you can walk out of here with greatness. You can walk out of here whole. You can walk out of here filled. You can walk out of here healed tonight. I'm thankful tonight that David didn't stay in the cave because there was a man of God in his life. Aren't you thankful for a man of God? The prophet Gad comes down to David in the cave and he says, abide not in the hold. In other words, don't let this cave become your grave. He says, abide not in this hold, in this cave, but depart and get thee into the land of Judah, the land of praise. Because you need to understand something tonight. When you take your problems and you mix it with praise, that is the key to unlocking the power of potential inside of you. Because the next time we hear about these 400 men, the Bible doesn't call them indebted, distressed, or discontented. The Bible says, these be the names of the mighty men of David. So God, in 400 indebted, distressed, and discontented men, God saw mighty men. 
And I want you to understand tonight, God doesn't just see you in the cave. But he sees a mighty man and he sees a mighty woman of God that he's getting ready to unleash the power of potential in. And you're getting ready to become who he wants you to become. And you're getting ready to do great things in his kingdom tonight. But not only does God see the power of potential, Satan sees the power of potential. I don't think he can, he's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere. We give him too much power. So he doesn't know the future, but he does know potential when he sees it. He was there the day that David had the oil pulled on his head by the prophet Samuel. He was there when David killed a lion and a bear. He was there when David took his sling and threw a a stone into the forehead of a champion by the name of Goliath. Satan heard the songs that the women sang. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And you know what? The best I've studied at that point, all David had ever done was kill a lion and a bear and one man. But the women saw the potential in David. And they said he may have only killed one giant, but there's potential in him that we can sing a prophetic praise about him. That he may have only killed one person, but there's just something about this David. We're going to prophesy that one day he will kill his 10,000. So Satan was there that day. Satan heard that prophetic praise. And Satan said, I've got to destroy him before he unlocks his potential. And he used Saul to try to kill David. Two different times, Saul, with an evil spirit upon him, took a javelin and threw it at David. And the javelin barely missed David and went into the wall. Now you can't tell me tonight that that Saul, a man of war, didn't know how to throw a spear. He could hit his target. But what happened was when Saul let that spear go, somewhere between his hand and David, potential said, he's not who he's supposed to be yet. And David will die one day. But today's not his day. And the anointing of God and the potential of God touched that spear just enough to make it miss David and hit the wall. Some of you have been wondering why you've been going through what you're going through. The enemy sees the potential in you. He's tried to kill some of you. He's tried to destroy some of you. He already had a state penitentiary cell with your name on it. He already had a a cemetery plot with your name on it. But God reached down and said they're not going to die today. Their potential hasn't been released. The anointing is going to fall. And you're not going to die today because God is going to protect you because of your potential. (laughs) 
in Luke 13. I'm almost done. Luke 13. <laughs> in verse number six, Jesus tells a parable. He says a certain man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard. He came and he saw fruit therein, but he found none. Then he said to the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it to the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then we can cut it down. So the owner of the vineyard didn't see the potential in the fig tree, but the dresser of the vineyard did. And you know what? I can't help but look at this congregation tonight and see some fig trees that for a long time weren't fruitful. And some people probably said, cut them down. But I'm thankful for a church tonight a pastor tonight, a youth pastor tonight that said, put down your ax and grab a shovel and help me dig around. Help me break up the fallow ground. Help me water the root system. Help me to fertilize just a little bit more and we'll see what can happen. And I've watched people on this platform, people in this congregation that should have been cut down by most people's standards. But there was somebody that saw the potential in you and said, we're not going to cut them down, but we're going to keep believing in them. We're going to keep praying for them. We're going to keep fasting for them. There's still hope in you. There's still hope for your life. There's still hope for your marriage. There's still hope for your ministry. We need to unleash the power of potential tonight. Remain standing. Matthew, the first chapter. It's kind of a boring chapter. Your eyes will go cross reading it. But it tells us the genealogical lineage of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And if you really study that out, you'll find something. His family tree would have made a great episode of Jerry Springer. And you thought your family had problems. His family tree was filled with broken branches, twisted limbs, and rotten fruit. Ancestors filled with murderers, liars, cheaters, adulterers, fornicators, womanizers, lust, abuse, rape, incest, drunks, addicts, manipulators, thieves, rule breakers, rebels, insecurities, and the list could go on and on and on. But when God decided to come to this earth robed in flesh as Jesus Christ, he saw something in these people that he wanted in him. He saw 
the power of potential. He saw something in these rejects that he wanted in his royalty. He saw something in these misfits that he wanted in his majesty. In Jacob, God saw his limp in his lies. In Judah, God saw praise inside of a problem. In Rahab, God saw the potential in a prostitute. As a matter of fact, if you read Hebrews 11, what we have come to call Face Hall of Fame, Rahab is only one of two women mentioned. So Rahab went from being a harlot to a Hall of Famer. In David, God saw a king and a kid. He even saw his heart in his whoremongering. In Solomon, God saw his wisdom in his womanizing. And let me tell you right now that now he, Jesus has descended back to heaven and now we are his body here on earth. And he sees something in you that he wants in him. He sees the power of potential that is in every single one of us tonight. So as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here tonight and you've never repented of your sins, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, those three things are the first steps to unlocking the power of potential that is inside of you tonight. So if you're here and you've not done that, I challenge you to step out of your seat and say, God, I want to become who you want me to become. I want to repent. I want to be baptized. I want to be filled with your spirit. And then for the rest of us that have already done that, maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you've been questioning. Maybe you've been doubting that God would use you because of all your mistakes, all your failures, can I tell you tonight that God looks past all of that? He looks past your problems and he sees your potential tonight. And I believe that inside of these walls tonight is the power of potential to turn this community, this city, this state, this country, and this world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this place is the potential for the greatest preacher. You've never even preached your first message yet, but the potential's there. You've never sang, you've never played, you've never written a song, you've never taught a Bible study, but the potential for greatness and kingdom work is within you tonight. You just got to say, God, I'm surrendering to your potential. And I'm asking you to release it in me, God. I'm asking you right now, God, to release that potential in my life tonight.
believe in this house is the potential for the greatest revival and the greatest harvest that this church has ever witnessed before. But we've got to tap into the potential tonight. We've got to release the potential in this house. So I challenge everybody, if you're not in this altar yet, I challenge you to step out by faith and say, God, I want to reach my potential. I'm tired of being average. I'm tired of being ordinary. I want to reach the potential that you have for me, God. Come on, would you pray right now? Would you reach out to him right now? Would you lay it all at his feet right now? Oh, but I'm too broken, God. He sees potential. I'm too addicted, God. He sees potential. I've got too many problems, God. He sees potential. Come on, tap into it tonight. Release it in the atmosphere tonight. Move on us tonight, Jesus. Release that power of potential in me.
why don't you reach over and pray for someone nearby and just ask the goodness of God to touch their life. Oh, that's right. The presence of the Lord is in this place. There's renewing. There's a reviving. Come on, that's right. Let's not rush too much while God's still moving here right now. Oh, God, for your grace, for your mercy, for your kindness. Oh, God, everybody in this place has the potential to do something great for God. Nobody's too far gone. Nobody's too messed up. Nobody's too useless. Nobody's too dirty. Oh, that's right. Come on, let's pray for a little while longer while the Holy Ghost is moving. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. God, I worship your name. God, I praise your name. God, I glorify your name, Lord. God, we need you, Lord Jesus. worship the Lord and thank Him. Amen. Not for what you've been, but for your potential. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, that's right. Go ahead and worship Him. The Holy Ghost is, I'm going to tell you, the fact that you're here to hear this message tonight tells me that God has a plan for your life. The fact that He brought you here to hear this word means He's not done with you and it's not over but there's potential inside of you. If you believe that, why don't you give God praise tonight and thank Him. Hallelujah.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're not dismissed yet. The Holy Ghost is still moving here. Amen. While, while folks are still praying, I'd like for you just to close your eyes all over this place. Amen. We're not going to dismiss the service. We're, we're we're going to let folks pray as long as they want, but I, I really feel compelled to say something again that I said a few moments ago, and that is that the fact that you're here to hear this message means that God has a plan for your life. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized tonight. Amen. In the Bible, the Bible, it says they commanded them to be baptized. And if I could command you to be baptized, I'd do it. But that's your first step towards unlocking your potential. Amen. That is a doorway from an old life to a new life. We've got clothes. We've got, we've got everything you need to be baptized tonight. There's not a single reason for you not to be baptized tonight. If you're in this place and you've been away from God, you know you've not been what you're supposed to be. You've got two options. You can stay where you are, or you can get up and move forward. God wants you to move forward. God, I'm asking you tonight. Lord, to stir hope inside of somebody. Somebody that may have come through these doors and felt like there was no way they could ever be anything in life or anything for God. And so when the preacher preaches, they think it's for somebody else because they've given up hope. But God, I, I know, Lord Jesus, that in you there is hope, the anchor of the soul. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that while I'm praying right now, that in the mind and the heart, of somebody in this place that your spirit would begin to move again. God, that there would be that fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost that would begin to stir, a kindle, a fire within somebody's soul to become what you've called them to be, Lord. God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus for that man, that woman, that young person that's here that you're calling to their potential. God, the preacher can only preach, but the preacher can't make the step. And so, Lord, I'm asking you, God, to move in this place in a mighty way. Amen. One more time, lift your hands to heaven and say, God, that's my message. This is my word. Help me to reach my potential, God. Help me, God, to be in my life what you want me to be. Oh, what a great word. What a great anointing of the Holy Ghost we feel here. Amen. Brother Ethan, just play whatever it is you're playing, and you can pray in the altar as long as you like, and you can be dismissed at your own discretion. If you want to be baptized, tell somebody. We'll baptize you tonight in Jesus' name, and you can go home as a different man, a different person in Jesus' name.
Can I have everyone's attention just for a moment? Our pastor had a birthday not too long ago, and he turned 50. <laughs> the big five-zero. So at this time, we're going to sing happy birthday to him as a congregation. If I sing, don't ask me to sing every other Sunday. <laughs> so I'm going to let Brother Ethan lead that. Remember, you probably won't remember that. You're getting old, so... Brother Ethan's going to take it away and sing happy birthday. That's not all. We know he likes Mexican food, and it's and he's... He tries to speak Spanish sometimes, but he really, I don't, he don't know why he just don't stick to English because he really ain't that good at it. And he tries to speak these Greek words and all these big words. And so, I mean, tonight we're just, he's, he turned 50, so we're just going to try and get on him pretty hard tonight. If you can't tell, he's old, gray-headed. He won't remember it tomorrow. So if you got something to say tonight, you might as well go ahead and say it because uh, by lunchtime or when he wakes up in the morning, it's... It ain't going to be there. It's, it's long gone, like an hour. So they're finna take it away. Let me hear it, Brother Pico. Uh,
don't we have an amazing pastor here at Bethlehem Church? Why don't we give him a round of applause? He's one of the best men of God in the world. He'll give you the time he has, give you the shirt off his back, whatever you need, he'll give it to you. I know me personally and, and a lot of us give him a hard time, but if he can take it, why not give it to him? You know, I mean, he don't get those gray hairs for nothing. Uh, 